Coming up, we are going to discuss common mistakes that people make on their Walt Disney World uh, vacations. And we're reading that from a very popular thread that's on disboards.com. From the Bob Varley Studio here in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 750, for the week of October 28th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, and adventures by Disney Vacations. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello again, everyone. I am Dustin West. I am your host today, and I am joined at the table... By my good friends John Magi, Kevin Close, Jenny Lynn Knopp, Kathy Whirling, and back in the production nook we have our associate producer Craig Williams. And uh, like I said earlier, we're going to be discussing some common mistakes that people make on their Walt Disney World vacation. And this is just going to be kind of like a, a, fle- a free-flowing conversation. Uh, just read some of these posts and kind of get everybody's opinion on it i know that you know uh especially kathy and uh john and kevin uh working with dreams unlimited travel you probably you know interact with a lot of a lot of guests and mm-hmm. see some of the maybe the issues that come up from time to time and maybe you can spot some comments. No, our threads. clients are perfect they none of them are <laughs> mistake. they're all lovely people um but uh you know so just keeping that in mind we can uh we can jump right in um I thought I thought this was uh, interesting, uh, and a lot kind of follow this tone. Um, I don't know how to say this name on the disboards. It looks like it's Cy Prez has written. Okay, there must be something you did or packed or uh, bought on your last trip that you would never do again. And this is kind of the opening of the thread asking the question. Our mistake was trying for that oft-recommended afternoon nap break at the resort before heading back to the park. We left the Magic Kingdom at 5 p.m. and planned to return later for fireworks and and e-ride night. So this is a little while ago. ago. Uh, The dip in the pool we took was refreshing, but the nap was impossible. The extreme hassle of going back to the resort, then rushing back to Magic Kingdom, zapped any benefit of the break. Now, this is something that, you know, we've kind of talked about throughout the years on this show is why not head back to the hotel, mm-hmm. take an afternoon break, kind of break your day up. But this person is posing that that creates a logistical problem. Well, I think a lot of it depends on where you're staying. Well, uh, that's one of the things that I put in my recommendations to my clients. I think that's a, it, you know, obviously it works differently for every family, but for our family, we like taking that afternoon break and then coming back and maybe going to a different park than the one we had been in. So mm-hmm. I think it, it just sort of depends. Everybody does Disney a little different. Right. If you read the rest of that thread and you go through all of those, someone says, I wish I would have taken more breaks. I wish I had taken a nap. Mm-hmm. You know, part of going to Disney is doing it your way and figuring out what works for you. Yeah. I mean, you know. Also- and it also depends. There are so many factors that play into that. You know, what are the... What's the demographic of your group? Do you have little children or are they teens? Can you push through the day? Can you not? Are you on property? Are you off property? I know that um, when I was growing up, my dad used to require our whole family to go off property to our hotel for a nap before we could come back. And I hated it. 
And I think I might have hated him for making me do it. Um, I I did. Off property is tough. Yeah, it was off property, and it really so tough. um, You know, well, I'm a go 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 person, so that really kind of broke up the day too much for me. But those I wanted to be there. Also, the days when. Uh, on select nights, Disney would, uh, the parks would stay open later for everybody. Well, and that's another factor, you know, know, that would, there are some families that need to do it. And even now, like for my family to be there more than, you know, five or six hours in a day, it is, it is challenging. But um, I, I think, well, I kind of always did the, the Bob method where you, you do take a rest and you do take a nap, but you take it somewhere in the park. So, Tiki Room or Hall of Presidents or, you know, American Mm. Adventure. (laughs) That's how we did it when I was taking my children. But I know that there are some families, you see them in the parks and they're just miserable and you just want to tell them, please just go take a break. I think if you sat in the parks and watched everybody's face, very few people look like they're having a good time. And it's, mm-hmm. It is. It's really exhausting and tiring. We're in the happiest place on earth. Watch people as they walk mm-hmm. by. Right. And I think the idea that nap doesn't necessarily mean you have to go back to the hotel and go to sleep. I was just going to yeah. say that. Go Take someplace and have lunch. Right. Go yes. someplace and sit in air conditioning. Yes, yes I agree. And also, um, I think this wasn't included in any of the comments, but a mistake that people make or overlook or don't know about. If they have young children, there are those baby care centers. Mm-hmm. To not use those is a mistake. There are wonderful facilities with everything you could possibly need to take care of your kid, including taking that break. Uh, another suggestion, and it's kind of less than what it used to be, but if your family happens to have somebody that works for one of the companies that sponsors a... Um, an attraction. A lot of them have lounges that mm-hmm. you can uh, you can go into. I used to go to the FedEx Lounge at Space Mountain all the time, which has now been turned into something else. I can't remember. Yeah, they uh, don't make a big deal about the lounges anymore. No, nah, no. Nah. Well, that's when everything was you know sponsored by yeah. by a company. Um, for for us, when when I used to go, we were the kind of family that you know hit the park every day, didn't go back, and then you needed a vacation from your vacation. Oh when yeah, you got d- back. yes. And and that's just how we did it. That's why we stayed in the value resorts because it didn't matter. It was just we need to fall asleep at night. We mm-hmm. didn't do the pool. We didn't do we did the food court sometimes, but we were in the parks most of the time. And and we were kids and we were <coughs> exhausted at the end of the night. But yeah. it was our decision as the children to power through. Mm-hmm. It wasn't our parents pushing us to do that. Yeah, I was one of those um, children. <laughs> so so like you said, it depends on your family. It depends yeah. on the group that you're traveling with. Uh, and, and, and their dynamic and what they feel comfortable with. Now you said something interesting that I think is another mistake, in my opinion, that is made, and that's people not setting aside a day to enjoy their resort, especially if they are mm-hmm. on property. I went to, um, the first time I ever stayed on property was for my honeymoon. I stayed at Riverside, but it was Dixie Landings back then. And I had a park plan for every single day, the mm-hmm. entire trip. And I really regret not having set aside one of those days to just stay and enjoy the resort because I was I stayed there it was a great resort it's a wonderful resort I think it ranked on among the top resorts when we just did our recent poll and I really left that trip having no idea what that resort was actually like I, I feel you on that I feel you and what we ended up doing later on was we would take a day not to enjoy the like all star movies we'd take a day to resort hop 
because that was part of our Disney experience too. It wasn't just the theme parks. It was downtown Disney and the other resort hotels and take that day to kind of explore. I think that's what made us well made me well rounded at Disney. Yeah. Um it's what made me appreciate the entire thing. When I used to go when I was younger, we couldn't afford to go every single day. Yeah. Even then, the tickets were just too much. So what we would do is I got to see every resort and new ones as it opened. Yeah. We explored downtown Disney. We explored off-property. I think the thing is, it's just a lot, and it's a lot especially for older people and younger people to do a full marathon day. Yeah. And again, I'm not suggesting yeah. you have to go anywhere and sleep, but... A little bit of time in the shade, a little bit of time in a restaurant that's air-conditioned, just some kind of slow down for a while. Yeah. But how many of you, when you used to come here and then go back home, say, oh, I need a vacation for my vacation? And Always. People would look at you like, are you crazy or what? But if you've gone to Disney, you understand that. And I never went, you know, like nonstop all day. I'd take that break, but I needed a vacation from my vacation. I had a, I had a friend who was same age as me who also went to uh, Disney World on his vacations and whenever he would come back from vacation all I wanted to do was go see him and let's talk about Disney World and my mom wouldn't let me go he's like he needs a day to like <laughs> pump the brakes because they, they did it just the same way as us okay. they needed they needed that break um, I want to move on to um, this uh, this next one um, <clears throat> wait which one is it I'm sorry Ah, you yes. Can see that? It's so dark. <laughs> I had to turn the brightness down because I think the battery's ran low. Uh, Mal, uh, M O Mouse fan. I'm assuming that's Missouri Mouse fan. Says, believe it or not, not spending more money on souvenirs. We should have purchased more things for ourselves and those at home. And another, uh, not on the boards, but someone on Facebook. And I think this is a, a really good one. Um, he mentions two mistakes, but I'm just going to read this one right here. One was to not buy that special souvenir at Epcot, thinking that I could get it at uh, the World of Disney. Mm -hmm. While World of Disney has a lot of items, they don't um, always have everything, especially items from the World Showcase. And that was uh, Mark Goswick on Facebook. So getting that souvenir, when you, and you said it when we were in Italy Kevin, if you see it and you like it, get it now because yes. you don't know when you're going to come back. To you won't it. regret buying it. Yeah. You will regret not buying it. And if you get home and you don't want it, give it to somebody else. But you won't regret buying it. Leaving it there, you would regret that. I can remember saying to my kids, I, I'm not sure if they still offer it, but you used to be able to get a, a AAA discount at the World of Disney mm -hmm. downtown. So I would say to my family, oh, let's wait and go there and buy our souvenirs and go one time. But they don't always have everything that they had in the store. So if you see it in the park and you like it, buy it. And especially as Mark points out on Facebook that some of the places, believe it or not, even though we've talked about the homogenation, uh, homogenation of the, uh, I got, time. I got it wrong. Homogenization of the merchandise. <laughs> uh, there are unique items around and you should pick them up while you're there. If uh, it says Walt Disney parks on it, you'll be able to get it someplace else. Right. Beach Club had quite a bit when we were there for the fam. I was surprised. Uh, another one we have here is spending two weeks in a rented house. This is a Fit Girl, Florida. By the way, spending two weeks in a rented house with my sister, her husband, their two-year-old son, my brother, his wife, their two kids, my mom, my dad. It was too many people in too close quarters for far too long. We needed more space and more privacy, and it was an even bigger mistake trying to tour the parks as a group. Oh. Everybody needs to go their separate ways at some point. Too much togetherness 
isn't pretty after a while. I agree with have, that. Have you guys traveled in like those yes. giant Absolutely. groups? I actually organized my whole entire extended family's reunion to Disney back in, when was it? I want to say it was 2005, maybe. And um, you just can't, you can't keep everyone together like that and keep everyone happy at the same time. No. You really have to kind of go about your own way and then have one or two designated things that you're going to let's do together, together each let's meet day here for this or let's right here for that. Absolutely. like you have a meal at the restaurant and everyone knows to meet at that restaurant during the reservation time or you have one attraction that you've planned you're all going to go on the people mover together or pirates of the caribbean or whatever it is but then other than that let everyone go see the shows they want do the right. things they want the grandma problem- doesn't want to ride the thrill rides but the kids do you know that's the problem you run into is somebody's going to be disappointed mm-hmm. doing it that way. And when you can break off uh, either into little groups or even let somebody go solo, they're going to be able to do what it is that they want to do. And like you said, we'll have lunch together. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time that I went just by myself because it was just me, my parents and my brother and his girlfriend at the time. And I was just like, I don't want to do any of the things that they want to do. I just want to run around and like go through the single rider lines and mm-hmm. get as much in as possible. And that was the best day ever. I also had a video camera and I was talking to myself. Um, <laughs> there's there's tapes of me going, this is so great. My parents are going to you know, regret ever sending me alone. <laughs> I think I burned the tape. I don't know. <laughs> Even if you're not going with a big group, one of the things that's really important is to find out what's important to people Mm -hmm. who are you going with. Because you don't know. It might be grandma's thing where she just wants to be there with everybody. Mm -hmm. Where it might be one person's, I have to see this show or I have to go on this ride. If you sort of try to control what everybody's doing, it's just going to make for a miserable time. I used to just always say to my kids, what was like the one thing in each park that you had to do so that when we went back to Pittsburgh, you didn't go, oh, but I didn't get to ride. Everybody got to ride their number one thing in each yeah. park, and they all came home happy. Of course, you know, they had their cranky moments, but it wasn't <laughs> like they felt like they missed out on something. They got to hang out with their cousins. They got to do different things, but yet they still got to do what they wanted to do. Uh, and their priority, you know, the thing that was the priority for them. Mm-hmm. They might have missed out on the lesser things. But. I think more than missing the thing that you want to do is being forced to stand and waste your time while someone else does their thing. Right. Yeah. And I think if, like Kathy said, if everybody has like a number one thing they want to do, everybody else will feel less, uh, you know, gypped by doing that if they all know that they're all going to be able to. Or it falls under that big thing where, you know what, someone has to go and ride uh, Soren. Well, we all don't have to ride Soren. So you go and ride Soren and meet up with us somewhere else. You know, figuring out what's important to everybody, making it work for everybody without being, you know, I call it traveling like the Borg. And we'd always be together in our little clump and travel from place to place. And then you're just aggravating me because then you're in my way. I would also suggest picking an out-of-the-way meeting spot if you're going to do that. Meet me in front of the castle is a bad idea. (laughs) We used to always say meet in front of Figment because I would let my kids do some things in Epcot. And no I one's going to be there. Right. And I, well, and I, <laughs> Out of the way spot. And I would go to Watching Figment, those two and kids. I'd have fun there, and my kids got to do what they wanted to do, so we were all happy. And there was no crowd in front of Figment. <laughs> That's right. Along those same... Watching those two kids walk across that empty black concrete. 
<laughs> Along those same lines, I've got two similar posts. One is short, one is longer. I don't know how to say it. U- USAN1, I guess that's USA number one, I guess, uh, says, thinking we could stick to a plan. And in a more detailed one is uh, K.A. Mommy says, I think the biggest mistake anyone can make is thinking that you can see and do it all oh, and yeah. then trying. Our first trip, we tried to cram so much in and wound up exhausted. What I love about being a, uh, owning a uh, Disney Vacation Club is that it frees you. You know that you're going back, so you relax. While we still go to the parks every day, we now take our time and just enjoy. By doing so, we have had some of our most magical moments. You know, and I understand that a core group of the people that listen to the show who are on the Diz boards and who are big Disney fans, they love that over planning, you know, that mentality leading into their vacation. But at the same time, as as much fun as that is leading into your vacation, I also feel like for certain people that can be setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. Yes, that you're you're not going to be able to have the experience that you're seeing on paper. One of the mistakes we see a lot. One of the things that we run across quite a bit is people say, "I want to have breakfast here in this park, and I want to have lunch in this park, and I want to have dinner in this mm-hmm. park, and I want to make sure I get back to the first park to see the fireworks." Like, right. they're, all, like they're all connected with pneumatic tubes. Right. Or something. <laughs> you know, at some point, you have to be realistic about logistics and timing yeah. and transportation. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to be again dis- disappointed, hot, sweaty, tired. That could work in Disneyland, where the two parks are really close to each other, or for example, Universal Studios here. They're really close to each other, but here you have there has to be some sort of transportation mm-hmm. to get you between the parks, and uh, it's not quick. No matter if you drive, you take the bus, you take the monorail, it's never quick. I think- I've talked about this. I'm sorry, I talked about this before with John's brother. We went to the Magic Kingdom, and I've never wanted to hit anybody with a golf club so bad in my entire life. We were at Space Mountain, and he said, "I want to ride Pirates." I said to him, "That's all the way on the other side of the park." Okay, now we went to Pirates. Then he'd say, I want to go ride Autopia. And I think, well, that was over next to Space Mountain. <laughs> it's a big circle for a reason, you know? And then after Autopia, it was, let's go ride Haunted Mansion. And we spent a lot of time jumping from one side of the park to the, the other. Park. Yeah. So I think the idea of writing down a thing, well, the best laid plans, you know, that old saying. You, there's got to be some flexibility, and you really should try and be as organized as possible. Look at a map. Right. Well, That's you- what I was going to say. Is I think with this one, moderation is really necessary. You, I've said this before. I am all about anal retentive planning. I feel most secure when I know exactly what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. Yeah. But that doesn't work in the theme parks anymore you have to have some degree of flexibility because at some point something is not going to go according to plan and you have to have the room to readjust the plan on the flip side a huge mistake that people make is going to these parks without any plan true you will accomplish nothing you will accomplish you'll walk around and oh i don't want to go on that ride because it's you know a 60 minute wait so you walk to another one to discover that that one has a 90 minute wait to go back to the first ride to to discover that now it has a 120 minute wait 300 minute wait for anna and elsa whatever you really accomplish very very little if you don't have any type of plan when we first started going um it wasn't that i had a plan that at nine o'clock you did this and at nine fifteen you did that I did research and learned about all the different attractions so that when we walked in and our 
touring plan was go as far to the back of the park as you could and mm -hmm. work your way forward but right. be familiar with the rides so that if somebody says well hey i don't want to ride this one i could say well hey we could do this one back in the days when you went to the fast pass machine which wasn't that long ago you know obviously epcot first thing you're going to do go over to soren mm -hmm. get your fast pass it's those kind of things you don't have to plan out when that fast pass is going to be for right but um you do now. You do now, you do now. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, like, what we would do is it was kind of this perfect balance of, uh, in our planning, we at least knew going into the vacation which days we were going to be at what theme park and what the first thing that we were okay. going to do that day was going to be, whether it be a get a fast pass or which ride are we going to do first. And then we kind of just let the day unravel after that, knowing, like you said, what's your number one thing? What's your number one thing? And so it was a way to plan out what we were doing, but not get too specific. Yeah. And, and so I think each person, and we've all come up with different examples, uh, will find that perfect uh, medium mm -hmm. spot for, for their own family or for themselves. When we were, when you told us we were doing this segment i found another one that sort of mm -hmm. goes along with that is by spoonful of dole and she or she or he says most disney vets will tell you do not try to do it all that's another mistake that people make i know we get clients that go i want to do it all while i'm here you can't i've Same it'll months. be 11 years for me in december and i still haven't done it all yeah and if you're going to come down with the mindset of you have to do it all you're going to go home and you're going to be so tired that you're probably never want to see Disney World again. You know, tired you and frustrated, mm -hmm. just really irritated because you didn't get to do it all. It's just you can't. Well, we're talking about. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting people. Go ahead. Oh, I'm a, at the same time, you have to look at it too. If you don't come down with a mindset of I'm going to do it all, then you might not have that same drive to push yourself. I mean. That was always my goal, to try to do as much as I could. And, yeah, you're exhausted and worn out. But at the end of the day, you still – I mean, if anyone thinks they can actually do it all, then they need to go have a lobotomy or something. It's just – it's completely crazy. But at some of the same idea time, of, push yourself a little bit. Some of the idea of I want to do it all is people who don't, don't understand the scope. Mm -hmm. People who, who think of it as being a smaller experience than it actually yeah. is and not having the education to understand that there's so many rides and so many attractions and shows and places to eat that it's just not possible. I just always say that's another excuse to come back. If you did it all in one trip, yeah. why would you want to come back? Kevin, you've been coming here since basically since the park opened, the, the first, the Magic Kingdom opened. I came in December as it opened in October. Oh, wow. Have you done everything here? No. I've never been to Tom Sawyer's Island. Right. There's always going to be something here. I've never ridden a horse. I've well, never seen the, the Nemo show. There are, there are golf courses. Either. There are boats that I've not done. There's, uh, I still haven't gone office. to Old Key West. I've never had an office. <laughs> I did get to do hoop de doo review, and now I could kick myself for having waited this long to go. Because to me, well, that's... you can drink sangria. Well, it was, and it was really good, too. But it's like, see, there's there's always going to be something. I think the biggest advice I could give people is you miss out if you try and see everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You miss out. You're so focused in what's down the road. You're not looking at what you're standing on, what's right here in front I've of you. I've talked about my nephew cousin. I will talk about him. <laughs> your nephew cousin? He's actually my cousin, but... He feels like your nephew because yeah. he's younger. It, it's just, um, here's the deal. He's one of those kids, well, now he's in college, but he was one of those kids that it didn't matter what you were on, he wasn't enjoying what you were on, 
He was thinking about what was oh, next. He'd yeah. be in line for one ride, and he'd go, what are we riding next? And then oh, what wow. are we riding after that? And what I would say to him, that? can you not take the time and yeah. enjoy what you're doing? If you're spending all of your time fixated on what's next, you're really not, I don't mean to sound hippy-dippy, but you're not in the present. Yeah. You're not enjoying what you're doing. And I also think you're talking about breaking up into groups. Rather than breaking up into family units, break up into groups that have the same goals. Mm-hmm. If your goal is to ride every big ride as fast as you can, go do it. Go do it. If your ride is to sort of meander and take your time, do that. If yeah. you want to shop and eat, go for it. I completely it, agree with you because when I did organize, um, I'm sorry, not when I organized it. When I was younger, we had a family reunion at Disney. We did this a couple times. I was at the age of 12 or so, 12, 13, and um, – my uncle and aunt were very driven people and so they were the ones that wanted to accomplish everything in the park and as I've mentioned before my dad and my stepmother were the people that wanted to take a nap and then maybe walk for 10 minutes and then sit down for 15 minutes and then maybe go on one ride and then sit down for another 20 minutes and it literally brought me to tears it was the first time I'd ever cried in the Magic Kingdom but I did I broke down and cried as a big 13 year old it was really really (laughs) embarrassing but I was so frustrated and if they had let me leave my little tiny family unit and go with my aunt and uncle everyone would have been happy another big mistake is don't tell your children do you know how much this this vacation is costing me mm-hmm. that's not going to do anybody any good yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be happy you're not going to be happy you know try to enjoy them and let them have fun you know yeah. I, Kevin had a friend who came down with her son I believe it was and he did not want to go on the scary rides and she forced him to go on the scary mm. rides and it was uncomfortable to say the least yeah. don't make your kids do anything they don't want to do yeah kids yeah. know what they want to do or what what their limits are I don't like dark scary rides either and my parents were smart enough not to force me they they said if you're happy on the merry-go-round just go over on the merry-go-round so yeah when i was a kid i got a quote-unquote stomach ache in line for alien encounter <laughs> i did not want to do that one um in in the same vein as you were talking about kind of having that little freak out moment i had one and and how people should be able to kind of calm down a little bit in the parks uh yin said no fat no faux fan of disney backwards um says Roll with the punches. I sat and watched a guy explode because the tram from the parking lot couldn't carry all the people who were waiting, and he had to wait for a second tram. He was cursing and acting acting a fool with tons of kids standing within earshot of him. And this is at 8.30 a.m. Oh, Always be prepared for possible delays. Walt Disney World services millions of people every week. There will be times when you just have to wait for stuff. Take it in, uh, take it in stride and enjoy the ride. And some people can do that. Yeah. Or and just walk to the park. Yeah. Skip the train. And, and some people can't. But if you're getting to the point where you're having a meltdown, you're probably not doing something right. That's you know? when John and I walk through the park screaming, happiest place on earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I have, I think people, because they spend so much on their vacation, there's a huge sense of entitlement me mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And I'm having trouble with that. And maybe it was always there and I didn't notice it. But as I get older, I notice it more and more. I think also that there's so many more people now when we go that it's more concentrated. We see more of it. You know, we hear this all the time. I spent a lot of time on this. I spent a lot of money on this vacation. Well, 
no one else got here free. Right. You know, I, I, granted, I came from 17 miles away, but it cost me something. It cost me, it's just it, there's a cost to everyone. And you are not alone. You are not the yeah. only one. You are not a snowflake. And this is this comes back to a discussion that we've had a couple times um, where we've talked about expecting magic instead of just letting it happen naturally. Mm-hmm. It might happen to you. It might not. But that's what makes it special right. when when cast members do special little things for you. I mean, there have been threads on the boards that like specifically detail this is how you can get this magic to happen for you right it's like well then it kind of loses its right magic. like everyone else on earth on earth cast members are much more generous when you're not demanding it right? yes exactly you know as a former cast member to be able to just create that magical moment whatever it is and for some- somebody random it, it, that's not expecting it that makes it even better and sometimes it's just if you just paid attention to what was going on around you something magical can happen. Mm -hmm. It's not like a cast member needs... You saw something. I can remember one time seeing Minnie bend down to this little girl that was wearing a mini dress and was talking. And just the look on the little girl's face that, wow, I'm talking to Minnie Mouse. And if you just stopped long enough to watch that... That requires you to be able to appreciate, you know, where you are. And I think a lot of people appreciate what they're doing, but to really stop for a second and say look where we are mm-hmm. this is awesome and you know this was our decision as a group or as a family to come down and do this and i'm just like really happy to be here and that maybe doesn't happen as often for some you people. know i still do that every time i go to the park and i know people think that i say that i katie and i always do this thing like if we're at a show or we see something goosebump check are mm-hmm. we still getting goosebumps <laughs> for seeing it but just to realize that I'm getting to walk down Main Street and I know that there's hundreds of people or thousands of people between the Diz boards and the podcast that see me doing that that wished they could be walking down Main Street just like I am. So I never forget that yeah. there's people that would want to be doing exactly what I am. And if I go to the park and I don't enjoy myself, then shame on me. Right. You get, yeah, it's only coming from inside at that point. Right. When my children were young, Okay, I I used to say things to my children that maybe moms shouldn't. But um, when they were young, in order to avoid temper tantrums, I used to tell them that Disney World was the happiest place on earth and they needed to be worthy of entrance. And if they were not happy, then we were leaving because only happy people are in Disney World. And fortunately, I know. (laughs) Well, I can enforce it with my I can enforce it with my family, but. Um, fortunately, because they were so young, they didn't pay attention to all of the people that didn't adhere to that rule around them. They thought that I was telling the truth, and we usually were able to, you know, keep good attitudes because of that. But I, every time, remember, it's the happiest place on earth. You have back, to be worthy. I think back to this guy in the tram. You know, at one point, is it just this guy's personality? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he going to freak out over every little thing anyway? Sounds like it. So you know, yeah. let it but go. But sometimes, you know, for me, and I'm sure for most of us here. Sometimes it's how Disney handles it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, so there was a big crowd for that tram, but we all know that there was probably another tram right yeah, behind, behind it. it right? But sometimes when something goes bad at Disney, just to watch how they handle it and try to accommodate everybody that was inconvenienced over yeah. the smallest little thing, it's like, relax, it's all going to yeah. be okay. Next one's going to be there in just a few minutes. I want to move on to this this next one. Um, uh 
don't know how to pronounce any of these names. Yeah, some, some of these them. word <laughs> names. I don't know if they're like phonetic or if I should read the letters. Uh, but this seems to be Kimis or Kimis or something like that. Uh, says. The biggest mistake I make is packing too many clothes and shoes. Yes, I do laundry there, and I still pack too many things. This next trip, I am traveling very light. And I think that can also be said for, like, uh, if you bring too many, uh, too much, like, food or snacks or stuff like that that you have in your room and then you don't end up eating or, like she says, with clothes and shoes and stuff like that. It can also apply for going into the parks. Do you want to know something? I read these threads all the time. What do you carry in your mm-hmm. bag? And I want to say to them, you realize this is populated. You're, you're in a busy place. <laughs> right. I mean, you're going to be able to find a bottle of water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, bringing your 12 pack of water and, you know, your band-aids for 65 people. <laughs> eventually, you're going to have to say to yourself, what's the cost benefit of having to schlep this stuff around the park? Right. And people will tell you, we'll get a locker. Well, that's great. If you're in a, uh, back by Splash Mountain and you need a Band-Aid and it's in the locker... Yeah. Just ask the cast member. will give you a Band-Aid. Just ask the cast member. They'll give you a Band-Aid. Uh, so my point is, I carry stuff into the park also. Stuff yeah. I know I can't replace. But you're not out on the plains. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Chances are there's a Band-Aid. You're not out on the Oregon 15 Trail. 15 feet of where you are. I was a go, water fountain. I was going to say, with the clothes, mm-hmm. another good idea... Um, you know, try not to overpack, but put some of everybody's clothes in another suitcase so that if one suitcase gets lost, you still have some clothes. That's a good and idea. And you should always carry enough clothes like in your carry-on for the first 24 hours so if your suitcase is lost. But the thing I always liked about Disney was nobody knew that I wore that same pair of shorts <laughs> two days ago. You know, bring three pairs of shorts for a week and you can always, you know, my kids always went to the pool. We could wash the clothes, but nobody, the fashion police weren't standing there going, oh, wait, I saw you nobody, wear that pair. Do you remember what anyone's ever worn in a theme park ever? No. Unless no. they're right. so outlandishly dressed. And it's right, the right, women right, in right. the jeans that you pretty are sure they're painted on. <laughs> and the five-inch heels, and you think, I'm just going to follow yes, you. Yes, that's where oh, I yeah. was going with this, is we're talking about mistakes. Comfortable shoes. Right, yeah. And, and clothes. And comfortable shoes and clothes are a necessity. And don't make the mistake of bringing new comfortable shoes right. and thinking you know th- oh I'm excited they're new shoes I'm gonna the special occasion will be to wear them for the first time in the Magic Kingdom <laughs> no. big mistake blisters bleeding blisters in some cases if you're wearing really high heels we're talking about you <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to follow you to the first attraction and watch you buy Crocs. <laughs> yeah, the women walking around in wedges and heels. I don't know how they do that. If you want a good uh, mental reason to wear in your new shoes that you're buying before you come to the parks, you know, also start building up walking. Mm-hmm. Walk around the neighborhood a little bit to wear those new shoes. To build in up because your stamina. You're going to be walking more than you usually do in your day-to-day life. That goes back to the whole idea of knowing who you're traveling with and what your limitations are. Mm-hmm. How many people say, I'm going to go crazy and I'm going to go all around, and then you realize you're winded after getting a quarter way through the Magic yeah. Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know? But I always, you know, I, I look at people's shoes, because you see, uh, you know, this bright white shoe walking <laughs> through Magic Kingdom, and you're like, oh, you bought new shoes for this trip, and you want to... St- I wanted to like follow up with them later in the day. Like, how are those shoes feeling right about now? Big yellow Mickey slippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the things you see, and it's like, really? Did you think about it? 
I hear this all the time, you know, it, it, it's a theme park. If you're looking at what I'm wearing, my opinion is, if you're checking out what I'm wearing, you're not doing this right. Yeah, there's all this really right. magical theming around mm-hmm. you. And be comfortable. Yeah. I'm not suggesting you have to be a slob to be comfortable, but be comfortable. And going back to overpacking, your, your room is very small. Right. There's no place to store luggage. There's no place to unload all of your clothes. You know. I wanted to add, I'm sorry, John, I wanted to add on to what you were saying, Kathy, about kind of some packing tips. Um, Another one is, if you're worried about, um, I've packed too many clothes, so I'm not going to have room for souvenirs. One of the things I like to do is, if you're comfortable with this, or your airline, or you have a, well, has cheap second bags or offers free second bags, or if you have enough space in your car, what I like to do is kind of Russian nesting doll my um, luggage. So I'll have one bigger one that's empty, then put my actual luggage with my clothes in there um, inside of that one. Yeah, that and makes then on sense. the way back, I've got a whole nother suitcase for whatever I might have acquired. That's if- a, another thing that I see a lot of that when I lived in Pittsburgh, you hardly ever saw. Down here, if you go to the stores, everybody's hauling out new suitcases. Mm-hmm. You know, all the tourists that have come, that's expensive. You know, you could have the stuff shipped home. If you thought ahead, you could, like you said, mm-hmm. or fly on an airline that has that free second bag. But when you're going to, there was somebody in here paid $130 at Caribbean Beach for a new piece of luggage to take home their souvenirs. That That's However, that might also fall to the fact that they wanted a Mickey souvenir. Well, that could luggage. be, too. too but I think that, you know, at some point, people yeah, I've say, got one of those. Oh, I do, too. Polka-dotted Mickey ones. Got it in Disneyland. Part of, part of your souvenir might be the actual luggage, but you know, there's all, there's also a reason why every um, the pre, all of the outlets around there have luggage stores because mm-hmm. everybody does it. Wanted to bring this one up. Uh, our good friend uh, Scotty P. Scott Pontiquez uh, said, uh, "Thinking Epcot World Showcase will be boring for the younger kids." Uh, at five and seven, I guess his children uh, loved it. And I wonder if we shouldn't have tried it sooner. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about that as far as I think it depends on the kid. Yeah, it really depends on the kid, but I've never taken a kid through Epcot and had the kid be bored. It depends on what you do with the kid. Mm -hmm. If you stand there and decide which Christmas ornament for 20 minutes we're going to buy for our tree in Germany, (laughs) I'm going to hate you too. However, I've seen parents take their kids around and ask the cast members from foreign countries to write the kid's name in their language. And I've, I've watched kids in Morocco. I have watched kids mesmerized while the cast member talks to them, and all he's doing is writing their name, or she's writing their yeah. name. There are things to do to make it interesting. I feel, I feel bad that I don't know this, but it, it doesn't really fall into my personal interests. But does anybody know? They're still, are they still doing the kid cot They are. Stuff? They're mm-hmm. still there, okay. and they have uh, two options now. There's no longer the mask, unfortunately. I'm sad that they did away with coloring the mask, but now you yeah. can color a Duffy, right. or you can color Agent P. For those that are listening and, and don't know what that is, at every country in the World Showcase, there's like a little, basically it looks like a little craft table mm-hmm. that you go up that'll have uh, some cast members working there. And it, it just gives the kids uh, an opportunity to... They can like go said, from country to yeah. country and color a little bit more of their puppet on a stick, basically, or their cutout on a stick. And when they're in that particular country, each country will 
stamp, Mm -hmm. like a passport, will stamp the stick or the back of the cutout. And then in some of the countries, they will do an extra little something. They'll draw their flag or they will write the child's name in the language of that country if it's different. Every single country has something a little bit different that they do. And the kids really do love it. Mine are older. 14, 12, and 10, and they still enjoy going to the kid yeah. cot stops. See, I didn't have that when I was a kid. When Back then, World Showcase was, okay, we're going to do Mexico, we're going to do Norway, and then we're just going to walk around, and that'll be it. You're if just going to go the ride. Yes. Hit the rides. If, if, mom, if mom wants to shop a little bit, then I'm going to stand outside with Dad, and we'll maybe go find some anime action figures in Japan. But now... Not only do they have the Kid Cot Fun Stops, they have the Agent P game. The um, missions. Yeah, the, the missions that you can do. You get a little uh, little telephone, I guess, or pager or whatever. I don't know what the word it's is. Like the, it's, it's like the old yeah. flip phones. Communicator. Yeah. They were yeah. called Communicators when it was right. uh, possible Missions. But now they're, it's they're uh, the Phineas f- and Ferb. Yeah, they're the flip right. phones, and they give you clues and directions and what to do and go to certain spots within each country. And then when you get to that spot, something in the phone will activate... Um, a real life element. A, yeah, yeah, a real life element in the country. So you can cause something to happen, something to happen in a display window or, you know, a beam to shoot down from the top of a building. So, and that's all, it, it's kind of fun. It, it's it's fun to the degree that you make it fun. Yeah. And, but the, the kids do really seem to like it. I love it. it when I see a kid with one of those because then yeah. I watch to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. going to what's going to happen. We were, my aunt and uncle had their grandchildren here one time and there were two of them. And at the time, we gave each of them $10, and the quest was to see how many countries they could buy something from <laughs> at the end, and that person got a prize. You oh, had to buy cool. something in each country, but you only had $10. So they would spend their time scouring for something that was under a dollar because they counted the countries ahead. And if somebody came out and they had to have you know something from each country... Then they got a special prize, and I that think it was cool. ice cream. I don't even know how you could do that. One is anything under no, today. Probably not. Even those oh, little, you know, even sure. those little kittens that you can get in 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 Japan are like five dollars. Well, each. this was before they had a lot of kids, but yeah. so adjust for inflation. I, so maybe it's twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I, it's some. Even if you buy a postcard or something from each location, the yeah. idea was to involve them, right? And not make it dull, and sort of give them a mission. I think the. The interactive game is fun, but we used to make up scavenger hunts. See, that sounds so much fun. I, I, w- I wish we would have done that when I was a kid. That would have been really cool. You were too busy looking for Annie Mae dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Annie Mae. You've been working on that one. Was she in the, wasn't was she in the Beverly Hillbillies? I don't know. Or was I was Ellie Mae. I was Ellie Mae. Dustin, I have one I'd, I'd sure. like to, sort of like to talk about. Um, this is from HS Mama to Two. And... This is like one of my pet peeves. It was this family went and they took all these pictures and the husband picked up the camera and uh, he said, uh, where is it? They had the most perfect shot of their four-year-old ever taken. And anyway, the husband says, what's format card mean? And before the wife Uh. could say what that meant, he hit the button Mm. and lost all the um, images on their memory Mm. card. And I know for years and years I've sounded like a broken record, but use more than one memory card when you're in the parks, you know, so that if something should happen, you have it. But the other thing to keep in mind is even though that card was formatted, if you don't do anything else to it, you can recover those images. But she said that their next day they had called SeaWorld to see if they could 
you know, redo the picture. Um, that last day, she dragged them around to all the parks trying to recreate the pictures. Well, that's not going to be very fun. Right. It's not going to be any fun, and she wasn't going to get those magical moments. So if you, you know, memory cards are cheap nowadays. Take a couple with you. Yeah. You know, don't format them while you're there. If you happen to have your computer with you, back it up at the end right. of the night when you're, when you're kind of getting ready for bed or whatever. Just pop it in the computer, drag and drop, and let that happen. That way, you definitely have a, back, right. a safe backup of it. Um, that's, a, that's a good one. The other uh, a tip that was on here, and I'm, I'm sorry, this, my notes have gone away. Uh, one of the other tips was enlist uh, the, uh, the PhotoPass photographers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to be taking all the pictures that you want with your camera like you normally would. But even, even if you don't purchase the PhotoPass CD or the, uh, the PhotoPass Plus stuff, they'll still take your photo for you. Right. And, you know, some people don't take advantage of that. And sometimes that's the only way the whole family can get in the picture is yeah. if you have the photo pass. But even, you know, like and when you say backing up, that's another thing people do. That they're like, well, what do you mean by backing up? Well, you put it on your computer. Yeah. You really need another copy so that if anything ever happens to the one that's on your computer, you know, those are your images. Those are your family memories. Those are the things that you can't easily duplicate. No. And if you would have just taken a couple extra minutes I had a guy one time that came up to me with a shoebox full of every memory card he'd ever taken pictures on. He'd never backed them up. He'd never done anything. When he filled it up, he'd just throw it in the shoebox, and that was his backup. (laughs) So don't do that. I also wanted to say about the pictures. uh, Don't always trust PhotoPass photographers either because a lot of times they're only trained to, like, set it up, do an autofocus real quick on their camera, and then leave it sit there for hours. So a lot of times... If you have a more advanced camera, they actually might not know right away how to set everything up and do it quick. But a lot of times, like whenever we're walking around with cameras, I'll get stopped a couple times and ask to take a picture. And typically, if you do it for someone else, then they ask you right back, like, well, do you want me to do this for you, too? Mm -hmm. And that's a really nice gesture between people who are actually very photography centric. So, uh you know, don't be afraid to make some friends and ask other people besides the ones working. Exactly. Absolutely. And see, and I, I don't think I would ever give a PhotoPass photographer my like my big camera. They're really good at using point and shoots and and uh, iPhones and you know smartphones and stuff like that. But yeah, to get all the settings right, that would be. I, I don't know that I would trust them to get it right. Um, here's an interesting one that is short and sweet, and I just think it's kind of funny. Before we move on, yeah. I just want to say, someone else mentioned in chat, mm-hmm. take a picture of anything you're trying to remember, yeah. whether it's your parking mm-hmm. spot. Um, have a picture of your kids that day. Mm-hmm. If something happens that you have to tell someone, I don't know about you, but I live with John, and if someone said to me at one point, what's John wearing today? Right. I... And, well, black T-shirt and khaki shorts. Um, <laughs> but if it was a kid, having a current picture of your kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody gave me an idea. I put a password on my phone. But take a picture of the front and back of the credit card that you're going to be using. So if something happens that it got, gets lost, you have that in your phone. Mm. Um, password your phone so that no one could get into it. Using your camera to keep track of things. Along those lines, um, on one of our cruises... I'm sure people know this and think I'm silly, but if you take a picture of your daily navigator for that day and then take pictures after that, that helps you organize where you were and what mm-hmm. happened, what your day was. Mm, yeah. So it sort of chronicles Someone along the line. Else also wrote, if you have um, on your camera, put your name, get one of those label makers and put your name on your camera. Yeah. Let's hope that 
people are generous and good, but if your camera is just lost, if you've put your phone number on it, maybe someone will try and reach you. It's one right. of those things that these are simple things, but they could make a difference between a good day and a bad day. Exactly. You know, and, and even along those lines, know what kind of camera you have because Katie does some stuff at Lost and Found. Yeah. And people come in and say they lost their camera and she'll say, well, what kind of camera is it? Um, well, I'm not really sure. So, you know, it's going to be helpful if you walk in and say, I had a blue Canon or I had a Nikon. Know what you lost. And I, I think that you know, when you're talking about lost and found, also keep in mind that that is not the fastest process right. in the world. It takes a while for it to get to the front of the park every night. And then, you know, if you don't pick it up that same day, then it'll go to central lost and found. So just keep an eye out. You know, if if they don't have it immediately, it's not gone forever. It, it and, I, a while. and I also learned that if you lose something at a resort, it stays at the resort. That doesn't come to Central Lost and Found. I didn't oh, know that. I didn't know that either. It, it stays at the resort, so you're going to need to call back to the resort and see if they've found whatever it is. That's good. I didn't know that. That's good to know. The one I wanted to mention, it's just it's short and silly. It's uh, written by Sleepy on the Dizboards. Don't that could be me. <laughs> don't start new medications before a trip. I think that's yes. solid advice. Yes, very good. Yeah. Uh, don't... don't don't change up your routines and, and don't stress your body out before, you know, coming to the parks because just like with the new shoes thing, it's not going to feel good. Yeah, and along with the medication, um, put it in your carry-on. Don't put mm-hmm. it in your suitcase when you're traveling. Yeah. Something that we found out, before you come to the parks where you're going to be outside a long time, make sure your medication is not photosensitive. We've had someone mm. get very sick because of that. Certain drugs, they tell you not to go out in the sun. Oh, okay. Just make sure that none of the medication you're taking is photosensitive. I was just told by a doctor that um, ibuprofen dehydrates you. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That if you take the dehi- uh, ibuprofen for aches, pains, headache, or whatever, it can, I don't mean two. I mean, if you're taking it ongoing, that it can dehydrate you and that you should make up for that with extra liquid. Yeah. And usually it'll say, like, drink with, uh, take with a full glass of water or something like Whoever that. Whoever pays attention to that. <laughs> I don't, did you have anything else in, in your uh, stack there? Let's see. I had a couple. Someone um, else just came up with a great idea. Okay. If you're taking uh, using a photo card, uh, I'm going to give this credit to Kel, Kellyenny. Kelly Anitani, if you've got, take a picture of your name, address, or name and phone number with your camera Mm -hmm. and have that on your photo card. So even if just... Somebody's looking through your pictures. Yeah, even if you just lose the card, it's it's on there. What Mm -hmm. else did you have, Kathy? Um, This one maybe is not quite so important, but um, not checking to make sure that the one-size-fits-all dollar store ponchos would fit us with our (laughs) backpacks on. Because you see that a lot, and this is from e-toils but a lot of people recommend getting the cheap dollar store ones and then it starts to rain and they bring them out and now find it doesn't fit over their backpack i'm a big fan of the disney ponchos yeah they're they're bigger and also if you run into that problem disney if you go to the merchandise locations will give you a plastic bag um Mm -hmm. you you know usually actually i think they've now started making special bags yes they have it's they're clear bags that Mm -hmm. are just for rain 
uh, rainy days. Uh, but you can ask for merchandise. It's great if if you don't have a poncho and you just like you have your camera or something or electronics you need to put away in a bag. I, I do that all the time because I'm never I'm never prepared for rain. I own about six of those little Disney umbrellas because I'm never prepared for rain. Oh, I have the ponchos. I have like the the whole warehouse, the history. I've got the yellow ones, you know, because mm-hmm. I take them home and wash them and dry them off. But yeah. um, but I never have them in the park when you need them. But I like the thicker ones because even with those, you still get damp. But those thin ones, the wind kicks up. Yeah, you might as well not be wearing a poncho. I also want to say too, you know, don't freak out if it rains. Right, we right. see that happen. People freak out and leave the park if it rains. It's like chill out, people. Don't underestimate the importance of deodorant. (laughs) (laughs) That that is also important. John, what you're saying, I think there's only a handful of days in Orlando that are actually like rainy days, like gloomy, rainy days that you would experience everywhere else in the country. Most of the time, and we've said it a million times, it's just for an hour or two in the afternoon, and it'll go away, and it'll be gross once it's, Mm -hmm. it'll be humid and nasty, but... If you're the one that stays in the theme park, you'll be the one that stays in the theme park, right. and the rest of the place will be a little more cleared out than it was earlier. Uh, anything else? Yeah. One that was surprising to me um, that I saw several people talk about, it says, our biggest mistake was going to Animal Kingdom for our first park the first day of vacation. Darling, hu- darling husband was not used to the heat yet and was miserable. It is so big, so neither of us were ready to hike or had the fast pass systems down yet. Since we are not Disney experts, we should have tried one of the smaller parks first with more air-conditioned buildings. That would be Hollywood Studios. I was going to say, the only smaller park would be the studios. But I never really thought about saying to somebody, don't go to Animal Kingdom first. I never think of that either. I don't think I would actually even say that. Even after hearing that, I don't think I would say that. I would say that would just be an issue of maybe planning a little bit We always hit Magic Kingdom first only because that was like, jumpstart the magic. I'm in the Magic Kingdom and this is great. But, you know, what difference does it make? The Magic Kingdom, I think, for most people is the destination. Yeah. You know? The other parks, you, that, but when you see pictures, that's kind of the pictures you see. It's, right. Yeah. You know, there's something about there's it's something like about going turning to the that tower. Cor- there's know? something about turning that corner and seeing the castle right, on your first exactly. day that's kind of special. I think a big mistake that people make is arriving late. Because you, you really miss out. If you are not there within preferably when the park opens but within the first two hours you are missing on some of the best hours in the park it's not hot yet the lines aren't built up yet you get a lot done in those first two hours that you really can't get done as easily during the rest of the day there's also a cool especially magic kingdom there's a cool buzz and atmosphere mm-hmm. in the morning when the yep. gates first open the the main street they, vehicles are out exactly yeah. it's a whole different they park don't have that going morning. on throughout the whole day yeah. you really miss out on some good stuff if you don't get there early enough well unless anybody else has anything they want to throw in there i think we can kind of wrap this one up um, but yeah, those were some of the mistakes that people make. Um, uh, there's a whole article on this. If you go to wdwinfo.com, uh, um, you'll see it right there in the, on the homepage, uh, mistakes that people make. And, and of course, it, it links to a, a, a thread on the Diz board. So you can kind of sift through those and get some ideas uh, if you feel like you might be you're going to make a mistake going on your vacation. You can learn from other people's mistakes. Exactly, exactly. So uh, thank you guys for participating. That was was fun. That was a good conversation. And uh, we will see you next week for another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thank you, everybody. Have a good week.